what do you call the onboard camera angle that we see for Formula One? And what do you call it when you stream it to your television via a Google device? Stay with me. Stay with me. It's a TV camera pod Oh, that's the worst one by far. Oh my god. I I'm I might have to retire that segment after four episodes are we in? Oh Jesus. Anyway, we are gonna be starting because this is covering the 2021. It's the start of the F1 season, Bahrain, and uh yeah, this section is essentially well, this first bit anyway, is gonna be me commentating the first lap of the race, or essentially the uh the start uh and going through the grid and i'm gonna do it all in one take because i want me i i really like commentating i i i do it on my snapchat <laughs> i'm pretty sure people will get fucking sick of it but i always do the first lap uh on my snapchat and i always do the commentary to it and it's lights out of yeah 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 uh, <laughs> you get what i mean so uh i'm essentially just going to be watching like you guys are going to have the audio uh, obviously of not of the commentary but you can have the background noise like engine sounds and the music and all that and i'm super 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 excited so without i welcome you to my version of the 2021 formula one season Welcome to the 2021 Formula One Bahrain Grand Prix here at the Sakia Circuit. My oh my, it's only been three months, but it's been three months too long. Wow, it feels good to be back here. So here is the starting grid. Max Verstappen starts on pole with a 128.997 with Lewis Hamilton, the seven-time world champion, lined up alongside Valtteri Bottas, starts third place. And Charles Leclerc, P4 in the Ferrari. P5 is Pierre Gasly in the AlphaTauri. P6 on his McLaren debut is Daniel Ricciardo. Lando Norris starts P7 with Carlos Sainz in P8. Alongside P9, Fernando Alonso on, on his Formula One return. Alongside Lance Stroll in P10 in the Aston Martin. Sergio Perez in his Red Bull debut starts P11 with Antonio Giovinazzi in P12. Yuki Tsunoda, one of the first rookies, starts P13 and Kimi Raikkonen starts P14. John Russell in the Williams starts P15. And Esteban Ocon starts P16. Nicholas Latifi in the second Williams starts P17. And Mick Schumacher in the Haas starts P18. Nikita Mazepin starts P19 and Sebastian Vettel with a penalty starts 20th. Oh, wow, it's going to be a good race today, I tell you. I can feel it. It's going to be good. Oh, oh, what's happened there? That is Sergio Perez. That is Sergio Perez broken down on the out lap and the formation lap. Christian Horner does not look happy. And the yellow lights are on. Yep, extra formation lap. I wonder what on earth has happened to Perez there. He's in the pit lane, it looks like now, and he will have to start from the pit lane. Let's see what the Mexican can do. And in tribute to our late commentator and the voice of Formula One, Maury Walker, we're going to start this race like he usually would. But before we do that, let's hear what the radio. What was the problem there? Unsure, Checo. We're looking into it. Unsure. Very interesting. But here, one red light, two red lights, three red lights, four red lights, five red lights. And it's go, go, go here in Sakia. Verstappen gets a very good start. Hamilton 
following him down into the first corner, trying to get the slipstream off him. And Charles Leclerc is challenging on the inside of Valtteri Bottas. Just can't make the move stick. He's going to push Bottas wide. Oh, my word, this is absolutely fantastic with the Ferrari with his strange bit of green there. And it seems to be the same starting order as we are. And there's a Haas. There's a Haas off in the background, I believe. That is Nikita Mazepin on his Formula One debut. That has lasted three corners and that is a yellow flag in sector one and it looks like Charles Leclerc has got past Valtteri Bottas for P3. What on earth has happened there with the Ferrari? And there, just to confirm it, it is Nikita Mazepin. Not a good start for the young Russian driver who has already been involved in some controversy uh, coming into this season and that car doesn't look damaged. So let's see what happened. Did he get in contact with anyone? Okay, he's on the inside of one of the Williams there. Gets a little bit of a tank slapper and he just drops it on the entry. Uh, on the, well, so, sorry, not the entry, on the apex of turn three. My own Oh, so Verstappen is reporting some power problems which is not good for the Honda-based team. Here's a replay of the start, as we can see. Uh, Charles Leclerc getting a very good run on Valtteri Bottas there. Absolutely incredible. Another good run there. The two McLarens are having a good scrap as well. Uh, I believe, I think that's that Robert Norris uh, just leading the pack of two there. As you can see, both Alfa Romeo's and both Williams and the Haas there. Yeah, you can see Mazepin there. He gets a bit of a tank slapper and he's in last place anyway and he just gets a complete tank slapper clips the inside apex of that what a fantastic start to this race i mean f1 is nothing short but dramatic and here is sebastian vettel's onboard view for what happened now i think uh, just getting involved with a little bit of things as we come to restart the race at the start of lap number four for the secure grand prix not the secure the bahrain grand prix <laughs> Oh my, oh my, I, I only meant to do the first lap, obviously Mazepin went off and uh, um, yeah, <laughs> Mazepin went off and caused the safety car to come out. So we are going to be covering this case, uh, this case, this race in a, a fair amount of detail, I wouldn't say a lot, but we are going to talk about it. Uh, obviously the, the big starting um, sort of aspects of the race was, well, before it even started, Sergio Perez. Uh, had an electrical failure, and if you saw the onboard footage, you saw the entire dash, everything switched off. He had no electric, uh, and I believe they they replaced his ERS. Uh, oh, what did they? I, was it the motor? I can't quite. Oh, no, no, no. It was the ERS battery pack, I believe, wasn't it? On the Saturday, I think. Did they? I'm not sure. They, they replaced something to do with the electrical system anyway. Um, and then on the outlap, obviously, he managed to get it started again, but he couldn't go back to his P11 on the start. Uh, so he had to go back to the pit lane and start from pit lane. And obviously, spoilers for the race. So, I mean, I have to imagine you've, you've watched it. Um, he finishes from pit lane, from P20 to P5 at the end of the race. And if that doesn't show just what an amazing comeback driver he is then i i don't know what does obviously we have to cover uh marzipan as well not too much but we do need to cover it um what <laughs> i i saw quite a funny well not a funny meme but i saw a meme uh on twitter and it was roman grosjean was on fire for longer than i think nikita mazapin's f1 career is i i've worded that really badly but yeah 
quite um, embarrassing for the young Russian. Um, and I, I think he said something like he was moving out the way to avoid Mick. Mick had well passed him uh, at this point. And obviously, you just put so he put too much throttle uh, on the apex of turn three and spun it around and crashed it himself. Uh, I think it's one of well, it is one of the shortest. Um, what you call it? One of the shortest debuts ever in Formula One, um, which <laughs> which is quite funny. Um, Fernando Alonso, uh, uh, all right race for his return, um, apart from at the end when he retired with, um, was it one of the final laps to go? Oh my God, we're not doing this again. I I haven't even done it. Hold on, we'll do it now. Welcome back to Relax with Rizzoli, where I'm already starting to yawn. <laughs> That's so bad. Means I found my own podcast boring. That's quite funny. Um... But yeah, um, Alonso retired. Uh, we did. We didn't actually know why uh, during the race, and then it—not uh, a joke—it came out that a sandwich bag was stuck in his brake duct, which caused the brakes to overheat. I, I, like what? Like we we already know how much kind of a hard ass Alonso is in the in a team. He's very controlling and he's very tough, which I I think is obviously is is what you need in the team. Um, but my God, like he, I can't imagine it was very um, pleasant <laughs> after that, after they found that, um, which was, yeah, you know, it was uh, quite funny, <laughs> quite funny to say the least. And then well, we'll cover the, uh, the um, Hamilton and Verstappen battle uh in a little bit but while that battle was going on in the final few laps the tp and gasly's dnf uh and i'm not too sure why they both dnf'd um but obviously we, we didn't get any word from it because we were so focused on the uh the verstappen hamilton battle don't you yawn again i swear to god my god <laughs> god's sake but now we move on to a little bit of the more controversial aspects of the race and that is between um hamilton and verstappen so obviously it was this is what we want to see from formula one close racing between two top rival teams obviously the the new regulations uh, suit the high rate cars a hell of a lot more um than the low rate cars because of the of the less downforce um that the that the low rate cars uh, have i'm trying to figure out what i'm trying to say here uh, um but yeah the low rate cars um, have been really badly affected by the by the new regulation changes, uh, or the or the floor changes. So that's let me figure it out. I believe it's Williams, Mercedes, um, Aston Martin, and uh, is there one more team that uses Mercedes? No. 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 Maybe. Possibly. Oh my God! I need to stop you. That's going to become such a meme with this podcast i swear to god it's just gonna be like yawning in every episode oh god um but yeah that that, that was uh that was very interesting uh to just to just see how much mercedes was struggling like i i really enjoyed seeing kind of red bull dominate again like i'd, I'd find it so funny if literally the last decade would be red bull red bull red bull red bull mercedes 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 Mercedes, Red Bull, if they win the season, I think I've done that right, Mercedes, 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 no Mercedes, 
I've said Mercedes far too much. My God. But yeah, it would be awesome if we could see Verstappen and Hamilton battling um, for the championship properly this time, um, which would be awesome. But going on to what was the controversial point of this, T4, track limits in turn number four. In my opinion, the white line should be the white line. No matter what circuit, no matter what corner it is, no matter if it allows you to get a little bit wider and take some more speed. No, white line is the white line. Not the red and white curb. The white line is the white line. If you're all four wheels are past that line, track limits. Um, oh, that's, that's what I think anyway. Um, but yeah, Hamilton was making a brand new racing line. He was going so wide into turn four that I think he did it over 26 laps. He gained, was it a tenth or two per lap? No, I, th I think it was two tenths a lap, um, which caused him to, uh, I think it was 5.4 seconds in the end, I think I read, and that was 5.4 seconds advantage on Verstappen. But the moment Verstappen does it, you know, he does it for a fair few laps, but the moment he does it, I can't actually quite remember what, what happens. We, we might have to <laughs> watch the replay um, and and see what happens um, with with that. But I think I think... He was on the outside for T4, and I think because Hamilton was just a little bit ahead, um, no, actually no, no, oh, sorry, I've just whacked you, uh, no, Verstappen was ahead um, coming into turn number four, because I remember seeing Lando Norris um, give his insight to it, um, so I think Verstappen, Verstappen was ahead um, coming into the corner, so the corner was his, um, and I think, was it Hamilton that pushed himself, uh, pushed him wide and then got him into that? And then they went, Max, you need to give the place back. Um, to be honest, I, I agree with Verstappen. Give him the five-second penalty and let him race. Because uh, would he have been able to get five seconds? I keep whacking you, I'm sorry. Would he have been able to get five seconds on Hamilton? Maybe, maybe not. Oh, my God. I need... I need to be sponsored by like Monster or G Fuel or Gamer Subs, not Misfits. Because um, <laughs> um, I need some energy, clearly, when I'm recording this. But you know what? I It sounds like I don't need energy because I go, and it's five red lines, and it's go, go, go. And, you know, I'm full of energy, but it's just it's because I'm in a really dark space when I record these. So I guess I'm just kind of going, oh, oh, oh but I. I didn't even mean to yawn then. I meant to practice. <laughs> practice. <laughs> oh, pretend to yawn. I keep whacking my head. I'm sorry if you could hear that. Um, but yeah, I, I'm not too... Uh, uh, do you know what? Track limits should be track limits. You know, it, it was really stupid, I think, how the FIA um, actually kind of deemed track limits over the weekend because was it in FP1 and FP2, there was no track limits. You could go as far out as you wanted in T4, but then into, was it FP3 in Quali, they introduced track limits again, and that, no, I, in, I can't remember, it, it was one session they introduced them, and then they got rid of them, and then they brought them back, like, why, what's the point of that, like, for God's sake, literally, just have it as it was, just white line, track limits, done, you can't go further than that line, your wheel has to be on, your tyre has to be touching that white line for for it to count, for that lap to count. Um, then again, that's just my my opinion, I think. I think it would just make it a lot more interesting. It would be a lot more kind of, 
I don't know, it, it'd make it a lot more um, easy to manage and because I'm more interested, oh for God's sake, if I have made you yawn <laughs> at least once within these past three episodes, then God knows, God knows what, um, you're welcome, <laughs> you're welcome, um, and then, um, yeah, but I think Verstappen's radio was um, cut the track limits on T4 until we get told not to. So do it until we uh, get told not to. Um, and, yeah, I, I I agree with that. Like, just, well, no, no. I d- if the rules were set in stone first, the white line is the white line. You cannot pass the white line. You know, we wouldn't be in this problem. And do you know what? Fair play to Hamilton. He isn't a seven-time world champion for nothing. You know, he, he used that to his advantage and, you know, got the race win because of of that. Um, so, you know, fair play to him. He played the rules. Um, and he, even as a, a bit of dismay to everyone's taste, or however you pronounce that saying, um, to everyone's distaste, fair play. You know, you, you, he, he did what he, he did. What he did. Um, and it was well within the rules. Granted, it probably shouldn't have been and all this and all this, but... He, he played it, he played it well, and that's why he's a seven-time world champion, obviously, because he's he's an excellent driver and got a fantastic car, obviously, not so much this year, but, yeah, I, I just saw it's a bit like, mm, mm. Um, but my, I, I think, I, I'm, I need to do, like, an F1 prediction video, so, how I think this championship is, is going to go, but, for me, I think we're going to be seeing Hamilton and, um, Hamilton and Verstappen, uh, sorry, I, I think the order's going to go Verstappen-Hamilton. Those two are going to have fantastic scraps. It's going to be a really close rivalry this year. And then I think we're going to have Perez-Bottas. Um, I think those two are going to have a great little scrap. And then I think the the team, like, I'm literally, I haven't bought any F1 merch before, but it's only because I've recently got a job and I can't, I can't afford it. I've got the 2021, in fact, I'm wearing it right now, the Alpha Tauri sweater or, or the hoodie or whatever, and I've got the Alpha Tauri hat, the Aston Martin Sebastian Vettel hat, um, last year's Aston Martin Red Bull orange cap, and a Braun GP hat <laughs> from 2007. Um, and literally, I, I wear it. I wear them like every day, and literally, this hoodie only came yesterday, and it's so comfy. Like, the um, what do you call it? The, uh, the logo is actually like, I can't describe it. It's, it's like rubber, but it's like stitched in, and it's, it's just really comfy. The hood is massive. It's got on the left arm Scuderia Alpha Tauri, Pirelli on the right arm. Um, <laughs> I'm having a look. Cassio on the left arm, and then it's got Scuderia Alpha Tauri on the back. But w- what I really want to do is do Pierre Gasly's number. Oh, yeah, it's a bit Pierre Gasly hat um, as, as well. But I really want to get that that font, but with 45 and Rizzoli on the back of or Rizzoli Lambropoulos on the back of this hoodie. Um, so do, do you know, like, you can print stickers on it. I really want to do that with like an iron, just so it's in like it's my own personal hoodie. I really want to do that. I, I don't know how to do it. If any of you know how to do that, can y'all like send me a link or something, <laughs> or like tell me how to do it because I I really want to do that. Um, you know, it, 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 I I don't know. I just I really want to put like a unique twist on it. Um, I was trying to have a look on on ebay and one guy did it but i think it, it was ob- it was obviously fake it wasn't a real alpha tauri hoodie um but it was like 90 quid was it not it was i think it was like 99 euros or something i'm like excuse me i am not paying that 
Oh, oh gosh, I'm sorry, we were just going to have to deal with me yawning. <laughs> been a long day at work, been a long day at work. Um, but for me, I, I don't know, I just really like it. I love the design of this. Like, I, I would not pay 105 for a Mercedes hoodie. This, this is probably the upper bracket of what I would pay, and even this is bloody expensive. Um, but I'm in, I, I'm in, I'm in quite a lucky position where, you know, I've got a full-time job and I'm able to afford this. And I, I remember, like, been two years ago, being in college, um, barely getting any money. And it was like, I really want this and I really want this. And, like, I don't, now I can buy them. Really, this has gone to a really, like, deep point. Like, you can do anything if you put your mind to it. Um, but no, like, I, it's, it's sick. Like, if you're in high school and you're listening to this, it's like, I can't wait to get out. You're in college, and it's like, I can't wait to get out. Yeah, I feel that so hard, and that was me. Um, but then I kind of found a full-time job that I really like, and a part-time job on the weekends that I really like. So uh, right now, well, obviously, if it wasn't for COVID, I'd be working seven days a week, and I'd be fine with that. I, I like it because it's cash, isn't it? And plus, I, I really need like cash for my car and everything, which is... That's another, that's another podcast for another day, the amount of stuff I've done to that car. 66, no, 62,000 miles, I think it is on now. It was 59 when I bought it. And that's legit as well, if you check the MOT history. Um, it's, it's yeah, it is legit 60,000 mile. And it's got so many problems, I swear to God. But it's because it was used for the school run. Uh, but yeah, anyway, get, getting back to um, uh, the, the ending point of, of Bahrain. I thought, I thought it was a good race. It, it got me off my feet. Well, to be fair, I'm always bloody off my feet when it's Formula One. Matter if it's even a boring race, like Abu Dhabi. Um, but for me, what am I going to give this? Well, yeah, yeah, a few more points. Sergio Perez, very rightfully driver of the day. We love that. Um, obviously, P20 to P5. In in you know, he's such a talented driver, man. He's such a talented driver. Um, I I think I said in the first podcast the drivers are I'm, I'm going to be spoiled. I think I did anyway. Um, and then uh, I think it was like plus 15 seconds to Bottas and then he had a big enough gap to oh was it Leclerc behind no 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 it was Norris it was Norris um, was it Norris or was it Leclerc no it was Norris it was Norris behind um, and yeah uh, he then pitted put on the softs got the fastest lap so that's plus one point for him I think he was he was like 37.4 at the end of the race to Verstappen and that's in second place. So he's over almost 40 seconds behind, you know, that's like my, oh yeah, I think the gap was like four tenths or it was either, yeah, I think it was four and a half tenths uh, from Hamilton to Verstappen at the end of the race. And those, those races, ow, those races are the ones we need to see more often. It was fantastic into a race. Um, but yeah, he, he got the fastest lap. And I think Red Bull did a, was it a 1.92 second pit stop on the first round? Jesus, guys, chill. I think Williams got a dead two second, I think it was. Um, which was very, very nice from the Williams lads. Uh, lads and lasses, well done, well done. Um, and yeah, it, it was an awesome race. I think I'm going to give it a... Oh my god, I've just thought of what I can call this bit. I'm going to give this F1 race a Rizzoli rating. Oh my god, I can call it a Rizzoli rating. Rizzoli has so many, like, things. Like, I've recently been doing, like, well, I've recently been doing, I've done an Instagram live recently. 
um, and I've called it, well, someone named it called Rizzoli's Recipes, and it's where I effectively just cook. I just cook in my kitchen on Instagram Live and chat to people, have people, I, I say that like, <laughs> I've got like loads of people watching me. I literally had like three people watching me, but it was still just as fun because um, I had I had uh, uh, one of my mates called Alex. Um, shout out to Alex. Uh, he, he was on. Uh, he's going to listen to this and go, why the hell are you giving me a shout out your podcast? Where, where's that come out from? Um, but yeah, he, he was on with uh, a lot for the second half. And I think it took me about an hour and 40 minutes in the answer. I think two Instagram lives. But I put it up on my Instagram. Um, and yeah, I want to do a lot more of it because I actually really enjoyed it. And it's like, Rizzoli's recipes. And it's just, it's me cooking. And I like cooking. You know, it's it's, it's fun. It's it's fun thing. Um, fun thing to do. Um, so yeah, we've spent about oh, just for me it's twenty six minutes, but I've cut a little bit out. Um, so it's probably about twenty five minutes for you guys. Um, in let's just stretch this episode out. <laughs> if I want to get to over an hour, Jesus, you know that's it. I really want to keep my podcasts over an hour because I don't know. It doesn't matter what it is, uh, podcast wise. But when I'm going through Spotify and I'm looking at podcasts, even if it's fifty nine minutes, I can't do it. I, I, I cannot do it. I, I I don't know why. I think it's because I like a longer podcast. Um, and especially when the, the one that I loved, I think one of my favorite podcasts is, well, it is currently F1 Beyond the Grid uh, with Tom Clarkson. And one of my favorite episodes of that is obviously the, the Murray Walker one. Uh, obviously, God rest his soul, rest in peace, Murray. Um, and yeah, it's it's lovely because it was only filmed two years ago. Uh, well, recorded two years ago, and he was 95, and his brain is still pin sharp, he still remembers the race that nobody wanted to win at Monaco, and he, he goes, and I'm not going to do an impersonation of him, because I can't do it, but he, he goes, I can't remember um, whether this so-and-so driver died, um, sorry, his, his car died because of fuel starvation, or whether he crashed out, and he's 95, for God's sake, and it's like, what, you madman, you're awesome, and then something that really did make me smile is, well, I, I didn't grow up uh, with Murray, um, I can't remember his name, but I, I grew up with, um, kind of 2007, 2006, 2007, I, I think was, was my, 2007 was my first season, so the, the commentators and the drivers there is who, who I'm accustomed to, um, who, who I remember, uh, and obviously Murray retired back in 2001, and then he came back uh, to do it for Radio 5 Live um, for the 2007 European Grand Prix, um, or 2008 European Grand Prix at the Nürburgring, where it was just the wettest race. It was a monsoon in the first two laps. Um, I think David Croft was commentating for Radio 5 Live at the time, and Murray Walker just came in um, to to kind of cover for him, which was, which was lovely. Um, but yeah, it was... Um, uh, at the end of this Beyond the Grid podcast with, with I, I don't know why I keep saying with Tom Clarkson, it's not called with Tom Clarkson, it's everyone Beyond the Grid, but at the end of it, uh, at 95, um, Tom says, uh, it's a really heartwarming moment because um, uh, he, he wraps up the podcast and he goes, um, uh, no, uh, Murray goes, no, thank you, and might I just say, after all these years, I still remember when I was used to write up all my race reports, and it was you, Tom, that used to write them all up, and I have never, ever forgotten that. And you just go, what a man, what a guy. Just, oh, Murray. 
I, I wish I could have met him. Like, all the people that I want to meet are dying. Like, I, I would have killed to meet Nicky Lauda. Um, and I would have killed to meet Murray Walker, um, unfortunately. But I think Murray Walker, even for me, has such a, an impact because of, of his Murrayisms. And because he wasn't hated by anyone. Everyone loved him. And it was just his enthusiasm for the sport. And this is just turning into a Murray Walker tribute. Aye, why not? Why not? Um, so if you don't know the story of, of Murray Walker, he started, uh, his dad was very successful in bike racing in the 50s, I want to say, in the 50s. Um, and he was he was really into bikes and, and motorsport at the time. And then he he started to get into motorsport, realised, uh, I'm taking all this from the podcast, by the way, I know this is going to sound like a sponsored thing, but if you haven't listened to this episode, they, they recently put a revisited episode, so they re-uploaded the episode with Murray Walker on, please watch it, because just to, to hear him talk, it's, it's so nice, it, it's lovely um, to hear to hear Murray talk, but yeah, he, he then soon dropped out of bike racing, um, and he, he was in the, the advertising business, um, and he started his F1 career aged 50, 50 something and retired when he was 60 something, I believe, 60 something or I, I think it was 1981 to 2001, so he was doing it for 30 years and he retired when he was 70 odd, um, which is mental, or it, no, I think he was doing it 20, 20 years, 18, two i want to say he joined maybe i'm not sure but he was in it for so long and he started at age 50 um and retired no hold on he, he died at 95 hold on i'm, I'm working this out i'm working this out so he did, sorry no he died at age 97 and that's 2021 also oh, 20 years ago he would have been 77 yeah that that was it he started his career at age 55 or 57 and ended his motorsport career of the commentating at 77. 77? I, what a guy, what a guy. Um, but yeah, he, his Murrayisms were amazing. And his, his commentating friendliness or his, his co... I don't know, the co-partnership with James Hunt. I think one, one of my favourite moments is um, uh, at Monaco. And I can't remember the race, but I will... I, I'll, I'll, I'll play it here, I'll play, I'll play it here. And Prost has yet to take his fellow Frenchman, René Arnoux, who says, the reason I'm going so slow these days is that I'm used to turbo cars, and these normally aspirated engine cars are a very different kettle of fish to drive, he says. And all I can say to that is bullshit. So, anyway, there goes Arnoux in the Ford-powered Ligier. Honestly... <laughs> I love that clip so much. Because uh, I obviously, you know, editing, I've just put that in. Um, but I, I can't remember what driver says it. Uh, but Murray goes, and he, he goes, the reason that I'm not uh, too fast these days is because of the new engine um, or whatever. And that's causing me to be slow, uh, slow. And James Hunt just goes, and frankly, well, frankly, I think that's bullshit. Uh, and, and then Murray just goes, right, anyway, <laughs> it's brilliant, and then um, he, had, he had his BTCC moments with uh, 
when Tarquini rolled over. In fact, two of my favourite BTCC moments of um, of Murray Walker is both with the Alfa Romeos in 94 with Tarquini and, oh, don't tell me, Gabriele Tarquini and Vincent Simone. Um, Vincent Simone? Is it Vincent Simone? Simone? No, that's... <laughs> He wasn't strictly come down, said Vincent Simone, um, but it was Simone, um, and there, there was one, I think it was in, uh, yeah, it was Silverstone, um, <coughs> I think it was Cops, is it Cops? I think it was Cops, um, and he essentially just goes straight forth, and then Murray, Murray just goes, whoa! Back again with John Clellan, 22 times a winner in the Touring Car Championship, but seemingly not today. Look at Sugden Spoiler as they go into, oh, wow! Is, that is Simone straight into the Arco. That was a 100 mile an hour crash, and it looks to me as though the little Italian is perfectly okay. Well, out of the car, and that's a my car, says Russo. It was indeed. Again, I, I will have played these clips for you. Um, and, and then uh, he goes about the, the Alfa Romeo team boss. Uh, that's a car, says um, <laughs> says the team boss. Honestly, Murray, what a guy, what a guy. But yeah, uh, go listen. I'm I, again, I'm not sponsored. I just, I really enjoyed F1 Beyond the Grid. Uh, they recently just done uh, an episode with uh, Kamwai uh, Kobayashi, um, which was the last Formula One uh, Japanese driver, uh, obviously before Yuki Tsunoda. Um, and yeah, it's 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 just such a good podcast, and it goes really into the the details and behind the scenes of Formula One, which which I love, um, I I really love. But yeah, uh, anyway, back to back to no, I, th- I think we've covered covered Murray Walker there. Um, yeah, what just what a legend, what a guy. Wish I could have met him, uh, but unfortunately, you know, it, it's not the case. It's not the case. Um, but we we just gotta we we gotta take. I, th- I think all all guys should be aspired to be like Murray Walker, passionate, funny, just full of life, full of passion, and happy. And you know, I just uh, what a guy. I I I could talk about Murray for hours and what an amazing guy he was. But I feel like yeah, it's it's gonna get a bit re- repetitive and old. But yeah, if I can be an eighth of the man that, that Murray Walker was, then I will be extremely happy, um, indeed. What a guy, what a legend, and we'll miss you, Murray Walker. I don't know how I feel about that, like the the musicy break type thing. I don't know. I kind of copied it from Jackmates Happy Hour. I, I I don't know I don't know um but yeah um next is is ju- is going to be the is going to be the the second part uh of of this of this podcast essentially because I didn't really know how to segue onto this <laughs> yeah um essentially like thirty three minutes <laughs> and I I need to fill this podcast somehow um but yeah um. Yeah, we're we're gonna talk about gaming, um, because on on these podcasts, um, you know, I I, I want to talk to you guys, uh, and girls and everyone who's here, no matter what age you are, about you know my passions and stuff. And you know, I, I love Formula One. I'm a massive petrol head, and I you know I actually want to get into bikes. You know, there's some people at work that are really into MotoGP, 
Um, so I don't know whether I, I might get into that, but it's I've known Formula One for a few years now. If MotoGP made a Drive to Survive, then or Ride to Survive. Oh my God, they should make it by the same people and call it Ride to Survive. Yes, we need that. Um, then you know I I would happily watch it and get into it, but it's just it's a lot to kind of take in. You know I I've got a few mates who are into it um, as well, but I, I don't know. It's just bikes never really interested me. To, to be honest, I always like four wheels as opposed to two. Um, but, yeah. Um, what was I saying? <laughs> I've just gone on a tangent. Um, yeah, share, share my passion. Um, but no, the the thing that I am really quite passionate about, obviously, motorsport. Um, <laughs> voice break number one. Uh, God's sake. Um, but I'm, I'm very passionate about cars, motorsport. Uh, photography, videography, and one of the big ones is gaming. I'm I'm a I'm a big gamer. Um, you know I've been playing games since I, I was quite young. Um, I think my, what was my first console? I think it was a DS. And still, one of my favourite games of all time is on the Nintendo DS. It's it's a Sims game, but it's called The Herbs Sims and City, and it's got storyline. And I just remember like you could buy houses in different apartments, but you only had like um. You only had you had maybe three houses in. There was four or five different places you could go in in the city. You had like the main city and then kind of like downtown, and you just had characters and there was a bike you could ride and there was a really good storyline. I just I enjoyed that game so much. The thing is, I would I want a remake? No, because it it was too deep. That was the thing. I, I loved it. Do you know what? I really want to... I've seen somebody play it on YouTube. I haven't played it in ages. I, I don't know whether to, like, start a YouTube channel and do... No, 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 no. No YouTube channel. We'll do We'll, we'll do podcasts. Uh, we'll stick on the podcast because everyone does YouTube. Um, but no, I, I, I would love to play that game again. I might play it on an emulator on PC. Could do that. Could do that. Um, but yeah, no, I, I just kind of wanted to talk about my, my favourite games, not at the moment, but kind of of all time but mainly at the moment um because obviously lockdown um i've had a lot of time to try new games um and, and give my honest reviews on them um oh did i get it's just a good to me i didn't give the the f1 race a risoli rating did i did i i can't remember i genuinely can't remember anyway we're gonna give it a risoli rating of I'll give it a solid 7.5. 7.5, you know, three quarters. Um, could have been better. Could have been a lot closer. Um, I think for me, like a 9.567 would be secure last year. Um, just because, you know, uh, Russell to uh, Mercedes and so many driver changes. And it was a fantastic race. And obviously Perez winning in the racing point. Uh, and obviously Lance Stroll P3, uh, it, it was incredible. Any, anyway, but yeah, Rizzoli Rain, another 7.5. My God, this podcast is so unorganized, I swear to God. I just literally get my microphone, get my laptop, done. Let's let's just start talking and see where it goes. Um, yeah, anyway, back to gaming. Um, I have tried a lot of games um, in, in the past year. Um, and yeah, I, I wanted to share ones that I've picked up mainly in the past six months, I think. Um, literally all these, uh, I, I've one, two, three, four, five, six games I want to talk about, uh, possibly obviously some more as well. Um, 
and yeah, I, I, I want to cover these, I, I want to cover these games, these are all games that I've picked up within the past month, month and a half, uh, no, no, the, the first one that we're going to talk about, which I, is slowly becoming one of my favourite games of all time, and I genuinely only bought it a few months ago, uh, I bought the Game of the Year edition, um, and it is Fallout 4, uh, I saw Dan Nerdcube play it, um, obviously back in 2016, um, I, I saw him play a few episodes, but it, it's genuinely, it's the first game, because I, I've got a weird thing, no, I, I'm going to say this first, it's the first game that I've I've seen and I've played that I've wanted to play it more than I've wanted to watch it. So for me, games like, um, oh, what's a game I really want to buy, but, oh my god, like, <laughs> Life is Strange, That that's a good example. Life is Strange, I, mu I would much rather watch, like, Jacksepticeye play it, rather than play it on my own. And I don't know why, like, I love watching games, because I think I like watching people's reactions. Um, I like watching people play games as opposed to actually do them. Um, like, for example, Perfect, I think I've just picked these up. No, th these, are, these aren't actually on my list, but I picked these up on offer um, last week, um, and it's The Escapists. Uh, I haven't watched The Escapists 2. But I, I watched uh, in the little cube, uh, in the little cube, in the little in the little cube is ow my elbow whacked on my laptop. Um, they uh, Martin in the little wood, who's part of the Oz cast, um, and uh, Nerd Cube used to do a little and cube series um, uh, together, and I miss that. I miss that a lot. But no, uh, he used to do the Escapists, um, and I would literally only want to watch that like after buying the escapists like i i know how to escape from the first one uh from the first prison but the second one is a bit more complicated and i honestly can't be asked learning like i don't know like i i don't know i just, i can't be asked learning so i would i would used to just watch him um just play it and i i'd find that a lot more entertaining uh, but yeah fallout 4 is the first game that i've played that i love to bits and i don't know why i didn't pick it up years ago mainly because i probably couldn't afford it um but yeah i picked it up game of the year edition so i've got all the dlc um and the main story is incredible okay i i'm gonna give what we're we gonna say 10 seconds um no actually no let, let's do a, a spoiler free review first and then then we'll get on to the spoilers um so essentially the whole thing of fallout 4 is uh you're with your family, the start of the game, it's essentially the what they think the future will be in the 1950s. So it's got like um, robots um, with like jets on them. So they're, they're like house, they're like, they're, they're like maids um, or like cleaners, but they, they do everything. And cars are like really futuristic looking cars, but from the 50s. It's essentially how Back to the Future portrayed uh, the year 2015 in 1985 or whatever it was. Um, when the second one came out, it's essentially that, um, and the story is that there's a massive nuclear bomb goes off, you get put in a fallout shelter, um, which is vault, uh, you get put in this vault, um, and I think it's vault 101 or vault 111, uh, I can't, can't quite remember, um, but yeah, and the story goes from there, um, you explore the wasteland, and the thing that I love, I love about this game is the building aspect and the fact that you can make bases and you can ha have walls um, and concrete walls and you can make it a really sturdy base 
and I've only recently, after completing the main game, started to mess around with mods, and mods are incredible for this game, and I mean that, they are truly, truly, truly incredible for Fallout 4, because you can just get so many building packs, and stuff like that, where you can get loads of items, and, oh, it's, it's, it's honestly incredible, I love the main story, um, I thought it was a really clever, um, excuse me, uh, I thought it was a, a really clever storyline, um, and, okay, um, I'm gonna, uh, 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 what am I gonna do, I, I'm gonna say, um, I'm, I'm not gonna spoil it, because I'm not gonna tell you what happens, but I'm just gonna tell you the people that I sided with, um, and if you played the game, you know, for obvious reasons why, why I picked them, so we'll start between the Brotherhood of Steel, um, and the Institute, now, at the beginning, kind of going through with it, I was, um, I was all for the Brotherhood of Steel, you know, I really liked the Brotherhood of Steel, um, I thought it was really cool, um, and the fact that, you know, they, they've got a, a, a that's going to say, that's going to that's going to be taken out of context if I say it, but they obviously have that big base, which, again, I'm, I'm not going to spoil what it is, but they've got that really big base, which is really cool, uh, and you can explore it. But then the institute, because we're we're led to believe that all oh, the synths are bad. Uh, synths are like robot people. Um, they're, they're they're like robots that can look like people and sound like people. Um, but we're we're brought to think that the synths, because they've killed a lot of people, you know, they're bad and whatever. But I ended up siding with the institute, and I think mainly for the for the storyline reason. And if you know why that big handbrake turn um in when when you go to see the leader of the institute um you'll know why why i picked that because I, I, I like i like a a happy ending shall we say um and i just thought it was really cool and i i i was a really good character in fallout 4 as a very nice helpful guy uh, in fallout 4 i didn't want to be dick um like like you can be in these games because you can go no you do it yourself but no, i was just like no no i'll do it i'll do it i'll do it um so yeah i i chose the institute um, in the end, and because I've got the, I've got all the DLC, so I've got the Nuka-Cola world, which is essentially a Coca-Cola world, but like Disneyland, but with all this, it's really cool, um, you obviously have the Raiders there, and obviously you are then trying to take over as, as that, and then the, the first kind of gang, quote-unquote, that you join are called the Minutemen, um, which is essentially sheriffs, um, or whatever, and then with the Minutemen you get a base, which is called the Castle, um, which I love so much, like, I just, oh my god, that, I, especially with mods, you can make that so cool, um, you can make that base so cool, um, and, yeah, it's, it's an awesome base, is the Castle, um, because, I don't know, you just make it really cool and homely, and it's, it's really cool, um, I've said cool far too much, but yeah, the fact that you can just build in this castle, and especially, the thing that I love as well, is the wiring, you can actually have, like, generators with wires, and you can put lights in places, and switches, and it's not that hard to do, like, when I first saw, like, there were switches, and, um, logic gates, for logic gates, if you don't know what they are, because I, I did computing in high school, um, a logic gate is, if you send power to something, let's say you've got, Oh God, I can't actually remember the names, but you've got like and gates and if and or gates um, or whatever they are. So essentially, if you get power to one of them, there's a bunch of gates which essentially say if there's power coming in, there's no power going out. Or if there's power coming in, there's power going out. 
or if there's no power coming in, power goes out to whatever it is. Uh, and I've done switch and like a simple front door mechanism. So whenever you pull the switch from the inside, uh, the doors open so nobody can get in, even if you open the doors. Yeah, that's it. It's quite technical, but it's really, really, really cool. And just Fallout 4, I just love it. And the, the fact that I've, I've got the vault as well. Um, the vault, I can't remember what it is, but I've just cleared it all out. And you can build a vault. Now, that does take a lot of time and effort. A lot of effort. Um, but it is really, really, really cool. That you can just build your own vault and you have to keep everybody happy. And, you know, you have to make a water supply and build generators. And, you know, you can have tellies and you can make your own personal headquarters and your quarters for, like, you who runs it. And it's, oh, it's so cool. It really, really is. Um, and I've just started playing the... Was it the Far Harbor? Um, <clears throat> the Far Harbor um, DLC. Uh, I'm just, I'm just going to go in. Let's see how many hours I've got in, actually. Uh, we have 97 hours. That's not as much as I thought, actually. For me, GTA 5, I have... Let me find it here. <laughs> 864 hours. God, Jesus. Yeah, that's a lot of hours. I think that's... I, when I worked it out, I think it was constantly playing GTA 5 for 24 hours a day, 7 days a week for over a month, uh, which is insane, but I'm sure there's people who've got over 2,000 hours in games. Um, anyway, let me let me just find Fallout 4. Here we go. Um, 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 uh, properties, is that right? No, that's not. Oh, wait, can I just click on the game? click on the game that's how you do it right uh, so yeah i bought all the all the dlc uh for the game so you've got six dlcs you've got Aut automatron which i don't actually know what that is automatron. oh yeah that's the one with um i i, I can't remember what, what you call it but yeah you, you know what i mean if you've played the automatron uh with all the robots and the robo brains and stuff like that that's that contraptions now what's that Machines that saw machines that build and machines that combine. Oh, yes. I haven't messed with that at all, actually. But mostly negative. And that's really, really. Um, but you can... Oh, these are the logic gates that comes in with this. Oh, okay, got you. But you can have, like, conveyor belts and scaffolding and track kits. And it's it's cool. It's cool. Far Harbor is the one that I, I've just done. Uh, I've just said, sorry. Nuka World uh, with the Raiders. That's really cool. Vault Tech Workshop. Most negative. Why are these most negative? I think they're awesome. Uh, so yeah, you can make your own vault. You can make a massive vault, and then obviously the wasteland workshop, which uh, I'm, I imagine you just you have a lot of wasteland stuff. I'm not sure. Um, oh my god, you will not be able to see this, but I'm just on the Steam workshop, not workshop, but I'm just looking at a smart car that has Voltec liveried over it. Like a genuine in real life smart car. What the hell? <laughs> That's mental. That really is mental. Um, I'm thinking, I don't want to get Fallout 76. Um, just because I've heard a lot of bad things about it. It's not as bad now, but I don't know. I still feel like yeah, it's not that good. But also, I'm going to say this. If you get Fallout 4, the one weapon you want to try and get on, on the guns, because you start off with a 10mm and then you, you kind of go from there. Um, which is a lot better than another game I'll come to next. Um, like the the kind of progression system, if you know what I mean, is a shotgun. Get the shotgun. I mean, lots and lots and lots of shotgun shells. 
um, because it, it does so much damage because I, I think I've got one with like bleeding damage on it as well which essentially means if you shoot um, shoot an enemy they bleed which makes their health go down even more and it's a really really powerful gun um, and it's awesome and I, I wasn't even that high level when I found it um, let me find it anyway yeah the the next um, the next game that we're gonna cover is one that I I think Fallout 4 is better than but this one has like kind of an emotional attachment uh, but for me I think I'm level 40 in Fallout 4 and it doesn't feel like that but the next game that I want to talk about is Assassin's Creed Odyssey and the reason that I picked up this game a few weeks ago is because I'm not really into the Assassin's Creed games I think that's why it doesn't really work for me um, this game I I've never completed an Assassin's Creed game and I think my first was Assassin's Creed 2 in Venice which I loved I just loved being around Venice um, but yeah, my um, Assassin's Creed Odyssey is set in Greece, um, which is, if you don't know, where I'm from, uh, or where I'm half from, I should say. And the thing that I love is the island that you start on is called uh, Kefalonia, which is where I'm from. <laughs> um, that's that's where I went um, on, on holiday, and I've been there for so many years. And because obviously this is back in ancient Rome times, and obviously Spartans are fighting the Athenians, which I don't know a lot about. This has actually taught me a lot about ancient Greek history, um, which which is really cool. Um, but you have to go to a place called Melisani Cave, and I went. I've been there so many times, and it is actually quite real uh, or realistic with the with the big hole in the top, and you can dive in. Um, it's awesome. It really is. Um, but no, I think I'm I'm level twelve or thirteen. Um, but you, you have to get to like level 50 to do some missions and I don't know, you can only do one mission at a time and like you, the, the weapons that you get are based on your level, which I don't like. Um, but I love how you get to just go around Greece and learn about Greek culture. If it was set in Italy or any other like European country or America or anything, I wouldn't be into it if I'm being honest. I really wouldn't. But I think it's because it is set in Greece and it's like ancient Greek mythology and and everything to do with that, like the gods, and I, I love how uh, the, the, the Greek people uh, uh, talk, uh, because we, we talk like this, and anytime you say R, they roll the R's, which sounds a lot better, like, tolerosmo uh, parakalo, you roll the R's, um, uh, yeah, I, I, I really want to learn Greek, in fact, that has just occurred to me, I was going to search this earlier, um, F1, I mean, it's the, it's the whole point of it, I guess, um, but F1, uh, F1 is actually, uh, sponsored by, uh, no, no, I'm not going to say it because then people are going to go, but uh, if you listen to the most recent F1 podcast, um, you'll, uh, you'll, you'll see, it starts with a B, uh, but you can learn a bunch of, of other languages, uh, I just want to see if we can get, no, they, they don't have Greek on this, that's sad, they've got Spanish, German, Italian, French, Portuguese, Swedish, Turkish, uh, Dutch, Polish, Indonesian, Norwegian, Danish, and Russian, um, but they don't have Greek, which is a shame, which means the only thing is, I think that there's only an app, which is that, uh, I can't remember what you call it, Duolingo, I think, that's it, um, but yeah, I, I just, I really want to learn Greek, like, I know basic phrases, but I would love to, uh, I was going to say, how the hell did Duolingo know that I've just uh, wanted to learn Greek? So it just says, learn Greek in five minutes a day. I'm just like, what? 
and obviously because I, I just typed in, in Google like <laughs> Mind Freak, which is quite funny. Um, but yeah, uh, I think I have I already got dual lingual. I think I might send notifications off for it. Uh, dual. Yeah, yeah, I've got it. Um, I should do it more. I just, I really want to learn Greek. Uh, yeah, yeah, we've we've got all all the Greeks here. Oh, should we do a should we do a lesson? Hold on, hold on, hold on. Does that say to togramma? I think it might do. Hold on. Come on, hold on. It does. <laughs> so that means it, it gives you like options of what you can say. So I know togramma uh, is because um, it's like grammar. So the letter. So the letter and the. Ni. Uh, is it A O N O O? Ni N. Hey, I got it right. Uh, the letter alpha. Uh, you can kind of tell. It's a bit easy, but. The letter alpha. Nailed it. Oh. Omicron. It's just a letter. Wait, what? Oh, Omicron. What say that then? Nailed it. I'm sorry, I'm getting really distracted. <laughs> I'm literally doing Duolingo in the middle of a bloody podcast. Jesus Christ. Uh, <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah, so Assassin's Creed Odyssey, uh, it's, it's a good game. Don't get me wrong, it is a good game, but it's just too slow. It's That's one of the reasons why I don't want to get Red Dead 2, just because it is a really slow-paced game, and you have to travel a lot on a horse, and I like GTA 5. GTA 5... Um, Fallout 4, all these places, like, the reason that I love Fallout 4 is because I, I did quite like Skyrim, but whenever I, I play that, I always felt really cold, and I don't know, it's like, it's, it's old, and I don't feel safe, well, not safe, but, do you know what I mean, it's a bit cold, but you can make a really warm, nice-looking house with Fallout 4, and, you know, it's, it's, it's just really nice, um, yeah, and, and it's awesome. So those are two games that I'd recommend. The next one, which I also picked up recently, because I, I recently, for the first time, got an Xbox One controller to play on my... on Because my, I recently just got a gaming laptop, which I think I said um, in not the previous podcast, because the previous one was with Abby, but the, the first one um, is... Uh, my last Xbox was a 360. And so I picked up a Windows 10, um, like... Um, kind of USB plug-in from a PC and a Windows 10 control, um, an Xbox One controller, um, and so I can play all these games on a controller. And oh my God, I tell you, the games that you can play with a controller is so much better than on keyboard. Um, I tell you. Um, but yeah, also if you're into racing, it's a, a course competizione, fantastic. Um, also, obviously, I've said that I've got a VR headset as well. I think did I say that? I can't remember. But yeah, the next game I haven't actually played VR. It's I can see my VR headset. Um, because you, I, I don't think you need it uh, to, to play it. Um, but it's Star Wars Squadrons. And I was, I was debating whether to pick it up. And I actually really like it. Because it is like... Oh, what's what's the other Star Wars shooty game from space? Uh, Fallen... No, Fallen Order you don't shoot in space. What game are you in ships in? Or like planes and you're shooting? Uh, Battlefront? Battlefront, yeah, yeah, Battlefront, Star Wars Battlefront, um, but Squadrons is just, it's really cool, and the fact that you, it's a bit of strategy as well, so you, you either have, like, balanced, like, diverted power, or you can divert all power to your weapons, shield, or your engines, 
and then you've got like shields and repair kits. It's really good. I, I really enjoy it. I haven't put too many hours into it. Um, let's see uh, where it comes up on here. Where, where's where's my recently played? Last played. Here we go. Oh my god. When did, oh, it was literally the last game I played. Uh, I've 104 minutes, so not even two hours in it. Um, but I yeah, it's it's a good game. I I, I really do enjoy it. Um, so plus, if you can play it with a VR headset, I imagine it's going to make it a million times better. Um, because have I got? Yeah, yeah, I do. I, I I've got a game that I want to talk about as well on this list. Uh, down there. Uh, moving swiftly on, uh, the next game uh, is Marvel's Avengers. Now, I've seen, I've played 81 minutes, series telling me, so I haven't played much, but the games that I like playing are the games that you don't need to listen to and you can just play. So, like Minecraft, especially with like RTX, and it looks so good. Oh my god. Um, but like Fallout 4, if you're building and stuff, you don't need to listen to dialogue or anything. And because I like to have like Netflix on or um, something on in the background, I'm not so fussed on um on uh kind of story driven games the one game that i really want i really want it's why i want a ps5 or a ps4 or whatever is spider-man uh, spider-man's miles morales and uncharted uncharted 4 and then the dlc for uncharted um but do you know what going back to what i said before about um about watching games and preferring to watch them rather than playing them Spider-Man Miles Morales is one of them games that I've I've watched. I've watched Jacksepticeye play it. I've watched a few of the YouTubers play it. And I would still buy it tomorrow if I could and play it. Because I just think it it's such a good game. It's such such a good game. And I love how you can customise the suits and like power-ups and everything. I just it, it's one of them games that's just really well made. Um just like Fallout 4. I think those two games are just incredible. Like for me they're I want to say 10 out of 10, but I know they're not going to be perfect, or they're, they're not perfect, or I haven't played them long enough to see flaws in them. Um, so I'm going to give them a solid 9.7, 9.8 out of 10. Um, I, I love these games. Um, Assassin's Creed Odyssey, 7 against maybe 7.8 out of 10, but a lot of that comes from, I'm judging it from like a personal point of view, because I love Greece, and you can travel to like all the islands uh even obviously they are named different because they are cl you class right and they're not like crete um i think mykonos is in there um but a lot of them you know are like spelled differently or are different if you know what i mean so i think a lot of that comes from that judging it as a game it's a, it's a good game it looks good so maybe probably seven out of ten um so yeah the next one is avengers uh, as i as i very quickly touched on and a lot of people were really angry at this because the characters weren't actually the Avengers. You know, Hawkeye isn't Hawkeye. Um, Hulk isn't Bruce Banner. Or, uh, sorry, isn't the actual actor. Um, you know, um, Chris Evans isn't Captain America. Or Tony St um, Robert Downey Jr. isn't Tony Stark. And uh, Chris Hemsworth isn't Thor. Um, but do you know what? I really like it. Again, I've, as I said, I've only put 81 minutes into it. But for me... I think it's it's sick, and you know I actually like that it isn't Robert Downey Jr. and and all of the all of the characters. I really like how the combat system works. The fact that you you, you can use Mjolnir, Mjolnir. I can't say his hammer's name, but the shield, and then you can use Tony Stark's like blasters and everything. It's really really cool, and I really like it. And 
I've just kind of saved the bridge and now I'm playing as that that young lass who's uh who's just had to run from the park or whatever. So literally I'm 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 81 minutes in <laughs> for God's sake. Um probably about an hour in actually, but yeah, it's a it's a really good game. I really like it. Uh, at the moment I'd give it a solid 8 8 and a half out of 10. Uh, I really like it. I need to play more of it obviously. Um but yeah, it's a really good game. Uh and then the next game that I I played l last year, I think. Um and then I've just bought it uh, on Steam and all the DLCs, and it's House Flipper. And I've, I've played the first few missions a lot now, and it's just getting a bit boring. But now that I've kind of got past that, and in the space of six months, they've really updated the game. And I've bought all the DLCs as well. Let me find DLCs. We've got the Apocalypse Flipper, so you, may, you build bunkers. Cyberpunk uh, DLC, which I haven't played yet, but it looks really good. Garden Flipper, again, looks really good. And HGTV DLC, which I can't remember what it is. Um, but I No, I can't remember like what it stands for, whatever, but you can go on a map and you can fix houses up and give them a sauna and give them, like, you, you get a say in what the houses will be. So will it be a garage or will it be a sauna? Obviously, you have to work with the budget as well. But yeah, it's it's a really good, relaxing game that you can just play with Netflix on. Um, I, I've got I've got a very good friend who uh, she loves playing this game. Uh, she's played it. In fact, can I? Can I? Oh my god, she's put sixty four and a half hours into this game. She only got it like not that long ago. Holy hell! <laughs> good on you, girl. Jesus. Um, so yeah, she's she's put sixty five hours in. Jeez, um, but yeah, it's it's a really good game. Um, I I I love it. Um, I think it's I think it's really good. I I think it's a really 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 fun game. Um, the the penultimate game. Um, well, I could literally go through all of my games right now, but I feel like that's another thing. Is it? Yeah, I want to pick out the best games. I want to pick out the best games. So maybe uh, not the penultimate one. Oh, sorry. Uh, House Flipper was the penultimate one. Um, no, sorry. This is the penultimate one. State of Decay. Um, I did play State of Decay 2 uh, again last year, um, as I said. Um, but yeah, State of Decay 2, it's a good game. Gets a bit repetitive. Um, but I think I need to progress more in the story and build a bigger base and recruit more people. Um, I think I'll enjoy it a lot more when I'm actually in the game uh properly 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 in the game i mean um and yeah it's it's a good game it's a zombie apocalypse i i like the the fact you have fuel and you can build a base and everything like that it's it's a good it's a, it's a very 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 good game uh i'd say solid house flipper is a solid eight and a half out of ten state of decay solid seven and a half again i'd say uh, and the next uh is no man's sky oh my god i didn't think much of this game when it came out i had a lot of bad things and then, yo, PC, do you want to, like, chill out? Can you not do that? You know, when I'm trying to, like, film a goddamn podcast, record a podcast, thank you very much. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, um, No Man's Sky, and I've put specifically VR, because this game is good with a controller and on the screen, fair play. But if you play this game with controllers, um, you can genuinely, like, shoot things and fly the ship with your controllers. Sorry, um, if you're a bit motion sick and you don't know which way is up, it's probably not the game for you. But, oh my god, I'd give it a solid 9.9 .9 out of 10, No Man's Sky. They've fixed all the bugs with it. 
um, I, th I think anyway. I love that you can uh, own a ship and customize it. And I've heard you can get freighters as well. And there's a bit where you can interact with the community as well, which I've only just discovered recently. I need to play out it. I've got my VR headset up here. I might, uh, might give it a go again. Uh, but yeah, that, that is a solid game. I love that game so much. It's awesome. Now, that's the last on my list, but I'm just going to scroll through my um, most recent games or whatever. Um, Call of Duty World at War, 27 minutes I've played uh, because I heard uh, Jack talking about it on Jackmate's Happy Hour. Um, <laughs> and yeah, I, I love this game. Th this was my first Call of Duty, Call of Duty 5 I think it is. And, and I just love the games, uh, the guns in it and the multiplayer maps and everything. It's unfortunate that the, um, the multiplayer has been taken offline. Obviously the servers won't be up for the game this old. But um, yeah, it's, it's an incredible game. I love it. It was cheap. And I thought, yeah, do you know what? Why not? Why not? Um, next is Rocket League. I haven't actually, I've, I've got it installed, but I haven't played it. Because uh, I need to log in with my account. And I'm just like, yeah, can't be asked. This game. Oh my God, this game is up there. And I genuinely mean this with Fallout 4, if not better than Fallout 4. Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. And there is a confirmed Jedi Fallen Order 2 um and oh my god the fact i was got so excited over this when playing because i nobody did a playthrough of it on youtube which is really rare for a game like this because i think everyone just wanted to play it um you have bd1 your little robot you play as cal Kestis. you can customize your lightsaber oh my god you can have like different colors you can have like magenta pink orange red uh, once you complete it um and you can customize like the color the design you can have like you can make an obi-wan um, like lightsaber, which I love. I had to have that. I love that lightsaber so much. Obi Wan's from Episode Three, so good. Um, but spoilers for this. Spoilers. When you have the ability to use new force abilities, or you have a double-ended lightsaber. Oh my god! When you lock that, I had no idea you could get that, and I was just like, oh, but yo, yo, this is lit. This is lit. And the fact that you have to find like a kyber crystal and you have to go into all these planets and meet walkers and it's oh yo, it's incredible. Do you know what that glitches and all? Ten out of ten. Ten out of ten. I think that's my first ten out of ten, but I love that game so much. And I cannot wait for Fallen Order 2. Um it's it's incredible. Uh I said I said to course a competition. Yeah, no man's sky we've covered. Uh, Beat Saber, also a good game. It gets a bit repetitive after a while, but it's it's a very good game. Uh, there isn't enough songs for it. It's, but even with mods, uh, there isn't like Everlong by Foo Fighters is one that I enjoy doing. A Formula One theme is awesome. Uh, Hot Dogs, Horseshoes and Hand Grenades, again, another VR game. Awesome. It kind of just a demo, really, that. Six Siege and Division, both Tom Clancy's. They're good games. I'm not going to talk much about them. Wrench is a good game if you've got VR. You need a fairly powerful PC to run it smoothly. But it's a mechanic simulator. You take apart engines, you work on cars, and it's really accurate as a mechanic. I can say it's fairly accurate. Obviously, it's a VR game, so there isn't a lot to, to kind of do it with. Uh, the Forest, um, I played that on my PC, not my laptop. Um, but yeah, uh, R-Factor 2, another real good game, Pavlov, haven't played much of it, Euro Truck Simulator 2, I don't have on this, um, PC, and I need to get it, um, 